Welcome back, everybody, to another fun edition of the Rolex Whiskey Passion Project. And the gentleman I have on today, we were just chuckling in the in the pre-chatter about the last time we hung out in, you know, his glass cage of whiskey amazingness in Chicago. I'll tell you more in a second, but I'd like to welcome Ben Dietrich to the show. Ben, welcome, my friend. How are you? Hey, hey Gavin. Great to be here. I'm doing well. Yeah. And uh, that was fun reminiscing on... <laughs> Last time we were. I mean, how many bottles were in that? How many bottles were in that shoebox? Well, you know, I I think you and I both have the same problem. We've got too much whiskey for our lifetimes, and yeah, I used to work in a little co-working space in Chicago. Maybe, maybe a few hundred bottles, you know. But by the but, folks, it was the whole back wall. It was like the wallpaper was whiskey bottles open. Yeah, yeah. Now I just have. A bigger strip of wallpaper, more bottles, and more space. So I'm I, either way. I'm still consumed by uh, uh, the glass around me, and and not a bad whiskey to be consumed. Ben, you want to introduce yourself to the audience? Who you are, kind sir? Yeah, I'm Ben do? Dietrich. <laughs> My name is Ben Dietrich. I am fellow whiskey enthusiast and currently the senior director of the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society of America. We're the largest independent bottler of Scotch whiskey in the world, and and also the largest whiskey club. And, you know, my role is pretty much uh, heading up the growth of the U.S. market for, for the Scotch Whiskey Society previously, and I guess still selectively, but I am so, somewhat present on Instagram with an account called Single Malt Alliance, which I think is probably the origin of this obsession, or I'll use your word, passion, because the passion project makes, makes me feel better about my own <laughs> Which obsession. becomes an obsession, right? Passion turns to obsession. Oh, man. Yeah, it sure, certainly does. Tell me, Ben, when did the journey start? Probably at a time that is is not was not legal to <laughs> for me, yep, but yeah, it was a long time ago. I was I was very young. Mm-hmm. You know, I fell I fell in love with I didn't even say malt whiskey, but Scotch whiskey. I think in the form that most of us began, which was Johnny Walker, and I was like in you know <laughs> late teens, maybe maybe early twenties. Uh, really, really good. By the way, I'm, I'm going yeah. to stop you for one for one second because I swear, if Johnny Walker was a drinking game where people first started, when I asked that question, or, we'd be hammered because, like, literally, Johnny Walker is hands down the the foundation of everyone's whiskey passion. Sorry, you know, go back. <laughs> it's I, I, crazy. I fully, agree. I you know, I, and and they deserve full credit because I think yeah. you know, we're, you and I both exist in this bubble of whiskey enthusiasm and i think people are pretty quick to knock johnny walker but you're right most of us are here because of it in one shape or form or mm-hmm. if not johnny walker it's got to be one of the big brands you know you know i started there it's funny i think i was in college and at the time i would drink johnny walker right on the rocks i mean i had no money and during the week and then on a weekend if it was like a saturday night i was drinking johnny walker black on the rocks that was my big upgrade back then no i just you know i, I love the spirit i loved the intensity of flavor specifically I, I loved the style in comparison to bourbon and other american whiskeys that were more commonly found you know where i was but uh, soon after getting out of school getting a little bit of money in my pocket I got a Costco membership and then I started buying the <laughs> for the intro single molds at Costco, like the Glenn Fiddick 12 year old, Glenn Levitt, like the McAllen, of course. The Glens, the Glens. The Glens, the, yeah, the Glens and the Max. The Morangis, you know, the Livets, the Fiddicks. Man, hear myself tell the story. It's re- all, it's by the really... way, what? Back then, Ben, they were 12 year olds, right? They were like 12 and that was fine. What do you mean? What, what more did you need? 
I was a hundred percent a consumer and I played the game to the 12, then went to the 18, you know, and, and I think I hear myself tell the story. It's so unoriginal. I fell in love soon after that, uh, you know, did, did a glens. We went, went through the routine. And then I think there was an occasion many years ago where I said, okay, I'm going to go buy a special bottle. And I walked into a shop and in Chicago when I was living at the time, and somebody guided me through a tasting. Let me sample like 10 to 20 different bottles. It was incredible. Just the experience alone was so generous. But I got to really experience, and this was purely single malt whiskey, but I got to experience the diversity of flavors and styles from all different distilleries. And that was really the catalyst for my own passion that exists now of really d- discovering everything that, that Scotch whiskey has to offer. Uh, but at that moment, that moment when you did yeah. those 10, 20, what, what was your, like, when you say you're going to get yourself, what was the financial threshold you were about to embark on on that special bottle? Oh, at the time, I mean, think if you're, you know, if I'm buying 12-year-old Glenfiddich at Costco, that was probably, that was under $30 at the time. So my special bottle was probably 50 to $100. You know, I, <laughs> I think the one I walked out with at the time was 50 and 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 that became something okay this is a bottle that's going to sit around for a while you know i'll i'll drink it during special occasions and yeah that's really funny to think about looking back well well, what's funny is like what year roughly do you think that was this was well i'll tell you this was this was 2010 and because the <laughs> so, chicago black by the way guys Stanley that's Cups. 13 years ago that a 50 dollar whiskey was like hey this is like i'm treating myself well, I would say, I would say for me at the time too, you know, I was in yeah. my 20s. Well, for most of us, 70 yeah, yeah, bucks yeah. was like, oh my God, $70. Oh, geez. I, okay. You know, like, I, what are you doing? Yeah, Gavin, Gavin, you're right. And I, and I think, you know, even when you consider inflation and just everything that's changed since then, demand for the product, the market itself, even so, you know, when you're spending a hundred bucks, I think you and I, $200 bottle of like, oh, that's no brainer. If it's good, no brainer. I still think for a lot of people, I, I tend yeah. to, I tend to forget that, man, a lot of people are going through what I went through all those years ago right now. Um, anyway, it, it, it's wild. It's wild how things have changed, isn't it? But what to me is like in such a short time frame, like it, it wasn't um, even like, Hey, firing a warning shot. It was just like, boom, it's zero to 60 and it's done three seconds. Mm-hmm. You, you're in the, you now, you now go in there, there's a million bottles starting, starting at $70. There's really not much below that. And it, it, up to hundreds of thousands of dollars. I, you know, if you think about what that was like in 2010 through 2015, because now the bug is inside you and you would walk into the stores and you look at the top shelf and you're like, Ooh, one day I'm going to get that $200 bottle. One day. Ooh, I can't even imagine what that. $220 bottle is going to taste like now, you know, that thing's on the shelf and there's nothing on the top shelf anymore because like, I don't know, it's just really bizarre. Money doesn't seem to matter, which is the part for me where I'm kind of like, man, like how do you discern between value and just like, Ooh, that's way too expensive. Well, I think, you know, for myself and probably you too, I mean, the, the same you and I have become so spoiled, maybe either through yeah. just access ourselves, but also we've been treated to so many different whiskey experiences through other brands. You know, that, that, that's been, I think, a major gain or advantage rather from Instagram and, and being present or rather active. It got to a point where I, I was like, I, I've tasted everything. And I, and I do, 
as I'm telling retelling the story or rethinking back to the, the the early days, I do sort of miss that when you can walk into a whiskey shop or a bar mm-hmm. and just say like, "Wow, there's so much I have yet to try," and just the act of trying something new was such a thrill. Or or getting that bottle, bringing the bottle home, and like you said. Maybe it's like the equivalent of like a Glendronic 18-year-old now, which has gone up in price. But I remember the first time I bought a bottle like that, I was like, oh, wow. And okay, now I've spent like $150, you know, or, or, or I think it was less at the time, much less at the time. But anyway, I do miss those days. You know, now it's the, things are different for me. But so as so you didn't get, I mean, 2010, single multi-alliance started when? Around 2016-ish? No, I started that in 2015. I mean, Instagram was, I want to say what, that app launched in 2012, maybe. I, I feel like that's around that time. And I was using it. It was really just a place for photographers to share work. And that was mm-hmm. the intent of Instagram. And I, I, I was, I'm not a, a pro photographer but any, by any means, but I, I do enjoy taking some photos. And so I was familiar with Instagram. And yeah, then 2015 rolled around. I'm like going even deeper and deeper in this whiskey thing. I'm like, you know what? Let me just, I'm kind of sick of posting pictures on Instagram of myself and my life and these things that I do as a bachelor in Chicago. Let me just focus on one thing and not show my face. And it's like this whole thing. I'll be anonymous and I can just basically share my own exploration, my further exploration into into malt whiskey. And yeah, that was such a novel thing at the time. I remember I was, and I was listening, Gavin, to, to some of some previous guests in your, your podcast when, when Nate Woodruff was on and. I remember yeah. it was Nate and Brett, you know, Scotch you Trooper. You and I, Brett, yes, yeah, Scotch Trooper. I mean, was there was so, even so Eli. Cool. Eli was around. There was oh, the, Eli, the guy yeah. who owned the, you know, there was a Scotch Father. Not Scotch Father. There was a guy oh, in New Scotch. York who owns a liquor store. Which the one? Scotch Godfather or something like the, that, you know? Well, the Scotch Father who I called uh, Scotch Daddy. <laughs> yeah, I forget yeah. about him. He was around. Yeah, I mean, that was it. It was like 10 people. Like that yeah. was Instagram, you know, doing whiskey. It was it was a fun time. It was but a different you, time. You're not working in whiskey at that space at all, or are no, you at no. this point? Or you're just no, you're just a- no, no, no. I've been in the business of whiskey for five years now, so 2018. So it was a few years, and I and I had never had any intention of, of being in the spirits business at all. Sort of just wound up there through pursuit of, I guess, my own passion for it. But it was purely just a creative outlet and, and a means to express my own interests and exploration. Uh, with others and then actually converse with people who who shared the similar interests as I did. Well, and I also think as us early Instagrammers, you know, we would go to these events where there'd be like nobody except for us. I mean, Jen, you know, Jen would fly out. I would fly out. You yeah. would be there. Nate would be there. You know, a, a younger Allison Park was just launching <laughs> brand whiskey, you know, and, and we would drink like, I mean, I remember being at some events where they'd just crack open now multi thousand dollar bottles but back then they were just like four hundred dollar bottles which was crazy the game has (laughs) has the game the social media game it's just it's a wild wild place to be i mean you're you're really active in it kevin so i admire you know you yeah you've still got the hustle i stepped back a few years ago uh things have changed but i'm not nearly as active as i used to be but maybe we could talk about that or not but but yeah Yeah. it's so totally different it was so innocent Uh it was just like i remember man i remember trying to convince i had it in my mind i said i'm gonna try to convince i had two goals 
Like this will just be fun as a, a nerd on Instagram. I'll try to convince a brand to send me to Scotland. That was like this thing I had in my mind because it was like so inconceivable then. I was like, no one would do that. Me, because I post pictures on this app called Instagram. Maybe, maybe I'll get, get attention. And then the other one was oh, maybe we'll get a bunch of us together, like of the group, you know, other people who are doing this weird thing on Instagram talking about whiskey. Maybe like we'll get a brand to actually host us and do something. anyway that was the extent of my, well i mean i mean you talk about the trip brand. thing i remember yeah. i wanted to go on this trip and and this brand invited me and i looked at the airfare tickets and i said hey and i didn't know how it worked and i said oh like that's just kind of pricey is there a time when mm-hmm. the tickets are cheaper they said no 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 we're flying you out oh wow. yeah okay yeah yeah <laughs> wow that was that thank was, you that was fun <laughs> That was so, fun. so you, so you now, so you got Instagram going and what do you, and I mean, you and me back in those days, I mean, we were trying stuff that now is incredibly crazy, but it wasn't, we weren't like really, I, I wasn't at least, I wasn't as geeky as I am now. Yeah. Back yeah. then I'd be like, oh my God, they're opening up a Highland Park 25. That must be amazing. I would yeah. never, I couldn't spend $400 on that bottle. Ooh, they're opening up a, a McAllen exceptional single cast. Yeah, I don't know. Those are like two forty nine. I don't know. You know, I don't yeah. know if that's something there. Yeah. You know, and and now if I look at it, it's like, oh my god, I want to, I want to taste history. I want to go back. I want to find. You know, I was at an event re- recently where they poured like a Rosebank thirty one. I mean, I sat there like oh, yeah. sniffing the glass like a weirdo, just being like, yeah. this is just crazy. What's going on? When yeah, did that go- part of the bug hit you? I think I think always, Gavin. I I think as always. I mean, y- your experience, and you're right because when we when we linked up in Chicago at my old office, I remember you were really starting to go to turn into a fellow nerd. <laughs> I, I mean, because admittedly, you're you're very 100%. open, saying, "Hey, I, I started this as a collector, yeah. and now I'm kind of getting interested, yeah. and now I'm I'm getting falling in love with the spirit." I think, Gavin, I was probably always a nerd. I mean, I am. Uh, um, and then maybe I I sort of crossed the threshold and now you know I, I collect a little bit not not often i mean i, I it's hard now it's I, I, I love it i love it you know so I, I like to engage the spirit any way i can in all different ways but i grew up going to some art school not not like in college but like i was i was the art kid growing up and always loved art didn't pursue it as a career i just decided i didn't really want to be a starving artist <laughs> my whole life but i looked at whiskey as a as a, a medium in a way uh, i was i fell in love with the sensory experience, the the history, uh, but also the artistic creation involved in production. So obviously, it's it's a mixture. Of, it's a product of both art and science. But the 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 artistic expression is really what what grabbed me from an early stage. So looking at through that lens, I mean, I was eager to try all of it, and you know, it was. It, now I'm in the business. It's it's a business. Of course, it's a business. And I realize uh-huh. that now. But I think for those early years, I was really looking at everything as if it's just made in a form as a form of art. I mean, it's so many different things. You got peats, you got cherries, you got bourbon finishes. I mean, you name it. It really I, I, I do believe other than obviously the core stuff, you know, which was the core, it had to fit that profile. But back then we could buy stuff that just wasn't the core. But like, I'd hate to say this, like, not many people wanted it and it oh, was yeah. priced normally so you'd be like oh i'll try this glen murray whatever it is like i don't even know what it is but like i'm curious what do they do yeah i mean it's funny you know glendronic is a perfect example like you oh. said earlier like nobody knew and like whoa 
Like these guys do Sherry really well. Yeah, I think Lindrunk's amazing. You're right. You, you know, since they were acquired by Brown Foreman, and, and uh, well, look, when something was trending like whiskey, more and more people were coming yeah. in the fold. It was inevitable yep. that the brands and/or distillers that were making fantastic spirit would just be discovered eventually. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> like you see everybody chasing McAllen. Well, if you're starting to open all the bottles and taste the liquid, yeah, they'll probably. It's a matter of time until they stumble across Glendronach. And then that happened. Yeah. You know, I still think it's probably decent value for what it is. I, I, oh, God. I mean, but, all of those ones that don't have billion dollar marketing budgets are great value. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. you know, you and I have played through your, you know, your collection. And it's like, come on, like, don't get me wrong. Of course, once the, once the cat's out the bag that you guys, you know, <laughs> what's, what's actually in the, the Malt Whiskey Society bottles, then some of the brands are harder to control price wise. But for the most part, like, you know, there's still tons of treasure in there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I just bought I just bought a on auction. It was like a 1985 Highland Park from you guys. That was like, I don't know. I think I paid like 220 pounds for it. How how many years old was it? I don't know. I'll send you a picture. I just it's it's coming right now in the mail. It hasn't come here yet, but I'm like cool, all day cool. long. I'll grab this. Cool. Eighty five. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to drink. I'm like I'm. Yeah. I, I want to try that because you know wh- another common thread. Not only did Johnny Walker start a lot of us, but we all recognize that the whiskey today is not exactly as the same as the whiskey from the past years. It's just different. Yeah, it's it, it, it's, di- it's different. Not a bad you know, it's thing. It's just different. Yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> I would say like to say they don't make it like they used to. And I guess that's partly true, but I also think in some instances they make it better than they used to. I mean, production methods have improved, technology has improved. I think, you know, what's missing from from new spirit is the nostalgia of, you know, tasting something made in the past. But I don't know. I I, I tend to find that whiskey made today is pretty amazing. And the experience well, you have where, where I go with this is you know, I, with all the technology advancements, I was talking to somebody who makes whiskey and I say, what's the difference? I've been doing it for 33 years to the whiskey now to the whiskey 33 years ago. He's like, well, the whiskey now is the cleanest whiskey. He's like, mm-hmm. because of technology, we can pick up all the impurities. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's clean. And, and we made a joke. It's like, you know, I, and I think I'm like, well, so now you're telling me you're cooking on a on a nonstick pan which will give you a perfect meal every time but i want the skillet like i want the messiness he's like well listen you're a weirdo because that's what you like but the most people don't want that they don't want they don't want anything that they weren't expecting you you're waiting for that moment and i think that's the difference between the old stuff and the new stuff it's still great liquid it's just done differently and that's fine i mean there are are a lot of yeah, there are a lot of analogies you can pull. I mean, you can look at like the automotive industry right now. Obviously, you transition to electric yeah, cars, electric, electric cars yeah. that on pa- on paper are like faster than supercars of fifteen years ago, but the experience driving it is almost too pure. I mean, you you're, as a driver, you're you're detached from the road. I mean, amazing auto, you know, in terms of a, from an automotive standpoint, or just from a travel standpoint, an amazing evolution in technology. But from an experiential standpoint. Uh, it's not necessarily better. And I think a lot of auto enthusiasts would say it's a lesser experience. So I, I don't know, for whiskey, I, I think impurities or imperfections, you know, remind you that it is, I'm here, I am sort of arguing the, the point of the people who like it the, the old way, but 
I, you know, I just, I see it both ways. And I think there, there is something yeah. to be said for some imperfections. I think speaking to the, the fact that it is a man-made product at the end, you know, and yeah. uh, it's artisanal. So. I mean, and then, t- and then take the artist and like, you know, to me, I've always been like, well, mo- you know, mother earth is the artist, you know, mm-hmm. it's wood, it's, it's grains, it's time, it's seasons, you know, like that's what, turns out whiskey you you know you never know i mean you know you and me have drank some incredibly vintage whiskeys and you talk to the people that pulled that out and they're like we didn't know what was going to happen we had an idea it would be good but you know it could have gone the other way too we hoped what would you say gavin i'm curious uh what what would be like the most profound whiskey experience you've had i I was like like, you've tasted so many like i've done okay yeah i mean i'm i'm obsessed with these deconstructions now and years ago, Johnny the Scott did a deep, when he worked for Suntory, he did a deconstruct of Hibiki 21 with all the components oh, cool. that go in to make that blend. That was a pretty spectacular moment when I was like, whoa, you know, and then, um, you know, then I was in New York when I hit a many moons ago and I hit a whopping 52,000 followers. And James was, you know, working for McAllen and we drank the McAllen 52, you know, fireside in the back office. And I was like, that's pretty next level. Or, you know, the McAllen M black. And then I've done tastings with like the last drop where I'm like, whoa, this is like 1956 and 1962. And then, you know, it it goes like full swing where I I can geek out with you in Chicago over like, you know, the stuff that Scotch Mills Whiskey Society puts out. And I'm like, I didn't even like understand that until I hung out with you. And now I'm like, dude, those gotta be bottles in everyone's open bar. You know, like that's just a unique thing. So yeah, you know, kind of like you, like so many crazy things. I mean, the first time I met Joe from Mixers, you know, we did like celebration 20s, 25 bourbons. Uh-huh. And I was like, what is this? So yeah, yeah, incredibly fortunate just to do a lot of crazy stuff. I mean, like I was telling you a few weeks ago in Vegas, I drank the Rosebank 31. Diageo brought out like a 41-year-old Talisker. Yeah. Just, there's, there's, there's just an insane amount of amazing whiskey that now, because the spotlight is on, is like, whoa, okay. I want to see what that's about. You know, and the prices and you know, whatever. It is what it is, you know. That, that, yeah. that I don't even factor in, but, it, it, you know, it's a big deal. But what the coolest thing also is the selections now you know you go into a restaurant they could have a hundred whiskeys on their whiskey list you know in 2010 you know when you were like there was maybe like 10 on the list <laughs> you know it's it's so, like wild whiskey's become a thing oh t- for sure i mean uh, like i said i, I mean i remember to- i remember you guys i remember you guys i went to an event in beverly hills probably around 2016 and you guys would have a table and i forget this whiskey event where you were signing people up hey the first month is free or we waive the whatever it was it was like and there was this education like hey you should join you know like this is what you get access to this entire portfolio was it like whiskey extravaganza maybe or something like that i don't know it could have been it was in like the biltmore hotel and like in la and that was like the first time I went uh, went to a whiskey event as a whiskey oh, yeah. influencer, like a like a mainstream event. That's such you a know, funny and there thing. was the table. <laughs> it was wild. I remember. Was, like, I mean, uh, I, it, like, yeah, the 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 early influencer days where it's like 
Oh man, it was just it, it, looking back on this. I have such fun. I don't. I say memories because like I'm not as active anymore. But it's so much fun yeah. going in and then uh, getting to just experience different things. And then you meet up with other quote unquote influencers. I mean, I, I think we started before the term influencer was even a thing. I would imagine, but um, when th- then it quickly picked up. You know, and it was just yeah, we were enthusiasts. We yeah. were like there was no like you said there wasn't about money. It was about like hey, can I get an experience? Yeah. Hey, hey, I'm going to post a picture. Can I get an experience? It's it's wild thinking, you know, obviously the lot of, when I asked about the most profound whiskey experience you've had, you know, a lot of older whiskeys that, you know, I think if you I, I don't even know the answer myself. I'm sure I would be something similar, but it's wild when you think about the spirit that was in each bottle and the intent of its creator was I'm sure they couldn't 40 year for a 40 year old whiskey. No. There's no way they could have imagined that one day, wow, the liquid you're laying down is going to go into some fancy crystal bottle or something and it's to be enjoyed at like, you know, in Las Vegas. Well, or, it's just a wild, wild, wild thing. Ben, even crazier, the guy that put that in the barrel 50 years ago put a lot of whiskey in the barrel on 50 years ago and every two weeks on payday probably got a bottle of that whiskey to take home and drink on the weekend because <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that whiskey yet. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's a really funny thing. <laughs> You know, so tell me, so how does the transition go? So now you're, you know, five years ago, you get a phone call. Like, how does the transition go where you're like, hey, I got the chance to turn my passion into a job? No, my background is in sales and I was in financial services for about a decade. And then I sort of co-founded a tech company, a small, small company for a little bit. And I was just testing things out. I don't in retrospect, maybe killing time trying to figure out what I wanted to do while this whole single malt alliance thing was was going and having fun with that. And then I just, you know, I decided, okay, if I'm going to make a move into the business, first of all, like I said, I had no no interest. But I'm like, you know what, the business, is, the industry is really booming right now. Maybe there's a there's a there's a an opportunity for me to, I guess, insert myself or at least take the next step in my own whiskey passion and. I was introduced to the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society uh, by somebody who actually worked at the company. I talked to them, and and you know they're trying to get me to join. And I said, "Hey, listen, I've I've heard of you guys. I, I I'm sure the whiskey is really good on paper. It sounds really cool. Single cask whiskeys from all different distilleries sounds up my alley. But frankly, I can't really justify it right now. And and you know at the time, Gavin, you would understand. Like I was getting bottles sent to me for Instagram. I'm like, I yeah. I don't need to build my collection, and I don't need to pay to join a club. To be frank, and like okay, well, if we send you a bottle, would you at least talk about it? I'm like, sure, you know, I, I'd love to. I'd love to support. I just, I don't think right now it makes sense for me to go buy more whiskey when I, so much comes. I got enough. I got enough whiskey. Yeah, I can't uh, even drink it in my lifetime. But then, yeah, and so I think at the time they're like, "Well, we've never sent anybody a bottle for free before." I was like, "Well, look, it's not free. I'll just, you know, I'll help promote if I really like it." You know, anyway. One thing led to another. I was into it. I'm like, okay, this is great. This is amazing. I tried quite a few more bottles and I just realized, ended up buying my own bottles. Uh, did become a member, but then I ended up buying a bunch of bottles. And I thought, hold on a second. Some of the single best whiskey experiences I'm having are coming from this little company that nobody here is talking about. And I knew that in the UK, the, the Scotch Whiskey Society was a big club, obviously based in, yeah, in, big in deal. Edinburgh, a big clubhouse, 500 year old building and everything. But you know, nobody in the U.S. and at least in our little bubble on of, of social media no. was talking about the society, and so I thought, this is wild. And just you know, given just how I was saying earlier about Glendronic, I said, okay, if it's, it was it was inevitable that 
a distillery making spirit of that quality and flavor was bound to be discovered if everybody's you know pursuing McAllen making the sherry style. I just felt like okay, this is a this is this is a, like a ticking time bomb. It's a matter of time before everybody discovers this. So I I sort of put together a business plan to to scale the business uh, in the U.S. and just get the word out there a little bit. Well, I would like to think a lot, but um, so I, I called up the CEO who still the CEO now, and you know over over a few months we we put together a plan and it yeah you know, they weren't like hiring or anything, but I just kind of said hey take a chance and uh, t- chance on me and I'll and I'll help you to grow this business and. Uh, after a few months that we, we, you know, we saw some, some decent results and it's really grown since then. The company was private at the time. It went public two years ago, uh, off the heels of the growth. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a global business, but off the heels of growth yeah. in the U S and China's particularly. Um, so that, that was a big event and yeah, it's a different world now. So, you know, our team has expanded considerably. It's much, much bigger. It was like three of us at the time, but so five years later, here we are. It's, it's been crazy. But it's you want to tell everyone a little bit more about what they, you know, the membership and what they have access to, you know, yeah, talk I mean, a little uh, bit about what yeah, the, the, the Scotchman Whiskey Society. I think it's just, it's interesting. It's 40 years old this year. So it's like, we're doing all these anniversary wow. celebrations, all the, it's, 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 it wasn't drilled into my brain before it's like, it's, uh, it is now, but, uh, you know, we're started by a guy 40 years ago. Well, I think just before 40 years ago, the company's 40 years old, but a few years before that walked went up to Speyside, had a chance to taste uh, a, a whiskey from Glenn Farkless straight from the cask. And at the time, you know, now this is really probably the late 70s, Scotch whiskey around the world was consumed as blends almost exclusively. I mean, mm-hmm. distilleries were making whiskey only to go into blends and everything yep. available was kind of like what we discussed is probably the entry point for most of us, Johnny Walker, like a, a yeah. big blend, big brand blend, 40% ABV, that sort of whiskey experience w- was all you can get. So the founder of our company uh, club rather called Pip Hills tasted the whiskey at cast strength and said, you know, what the hell, this is incredible. You know, the, the intensity of flavor, it's like the, the character of the spirit is just unlike anything he had tasted uh, growing up at Edinburgh. And so <laughs> it's funny because now we see so many single cask or cast strength expressions of whiskey uh, from single malt distilleries, that's that's the market these days. But at the time, it wasn't. Yeah. So he ended up buying a cask back to day, you know. And just for yeah. the guys listening, back then, you know, like forty to forty three percent, that was the going game. Now it's like yeah. if you're not north of fifty, don't talk to me. You know, for, sure. for ABV. Yeah. You know, like exactly. We, we want to feel it. You know, like we didn't want to feel the burn. The blend was supposed to be easy on ice. Hey, it's a great drink to drink. It's so easy. Now you're like, I want to drink it straight. I want to like literally sniff it, smell it, chew it, and then I want to feel a little bit of fire, but not too much. <laughs> yeah. So at the time, I mean, he ended up buying the whole cask and and strap it to his Lagonda and drove it back to Edinburgh. <laughs> and you know, it was at the time it was just like what a, what a bold thing. He bought a whole cask. I'm sure for the distillery that was like their biggest sales day of the quarter. Yeah. You know, selling an entire cask to to one person. But since then, it was the idea is okay. Let's let's go buy more casks and then and then share them with our friends. And so, a group of friends would pool their funds together, go buy a cask, bring it back, they drink it. You know, so and from that that point forward, the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society was conceived as a club of a bunch of whiskey enthusiasts who go to different distilleries, buy casks, bring them back, and uh, enjoy it just as if they were to taste it, you know, straight from the warehouse, undiluted. 
you know, non-chill filtered, naturally colored, all, all, all the buzzwords that I think people care about today uh, yeah. w- w- was really just sort of the, the baseline for the society 40 years ago. And now as a member, I mean, you, you, we, we have, you, you, we release about 20 different expressions every month. So if you're a member, you have access to the collection sold online over the phone. But a lot of people would like to join because you know we have certain venues in the UK, a couple in Edinburgh, one in Glasgow, and you can go there. It's just like a home away from home, you know, sort of a bucket list, bucket list destination if you are a Scotch whiskey drinker anywhere in the world. So it's fun. You get access to the, the, the clubhouses. We do tasting events here in the US too, which are a lot of fun. They always they always go on pretty late at night, but it's a it's a <laughs> great time. Some of the best whiskey, and I think you know from it. Agreed. I mean, they're time yeah. ca- they're time capsule whiskey. I mean, they're really yeah. taken at a moment of time, and I think that you know, I, until you get to a, a, a certain amount of whiskey you've consumed, and then you turn there, you're like, wow, I can appreciate this, you know, because yeah. the first few years of drinking whiskey, you're just drinking whiskey for drinking whiskey. And then yeah. you start to the bug kicks in and you're like, well, what? Tell me more. What's the story here? Where's this going? And you're like, whoa, that's different. That's not something I want to throw over a bunch of rocks and, you know, pound. <laughs> I want to yeah. sit back and enjoy with a nice meal and, and good friends. I mean, it's really you've created a, a very social whiskey experience. I think I totally agree. I mean, obviously, sharing whiskey with Drinking it with somebody who also loves it is so much better than drinking it by yourself. And I will admit, I live in Nashville, Tennessee here, part of bourbon country. I have nothing against bourbon. I drink it often as well. But, you know, not many people here like to geek out over my malt whiskey collection. But uh, so I'm not going to I'm not going to not enjoy it just because I'm alone. But but yeah, when you're with 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 a group of friends or, or one other, it's so much more fun. But I think it's also because the bottles, Ben, are so unique. They're all different. It's not like, hey, if I go sit down with XYZ brand and I'm only drinking their brand, eventually it's just like, okay, that was awesome. With you, you guys aren't that. Your brand is is the thing you do. (laughs) You know, you get all these different bottles, these different casts, and they're from different people. So it's almost like it's a five, six course meal, and everything can be different. Yeah, I. I think it's it's the it's the blessing and the curse at the same time, because mm-hmm. with single cask whiskey, and you know, I just I poured one. It's I'm looking at this bottle right now, one of 230 bottles. You know, obviously that's a yield from this uh, expert hogshead. And you know, if you fall in love with something, it's terrible because you can never get it again. Yeah, but at the same time, so yeah, but at the same time, it, it it enhances the value, the personal value that you place on the liquid inside yes. of the bottle, you know, and I think, I don't know, maybe if you're like me, I, in the early days of the acquisition of just buying up all the whiskey I can find everywhere, you know, it soon became the point where I'm like, every bottle, the role that it had to play in my collection was just diminished because I, I went from like five bottles where it's like, wow, I've got five to 500. And I feel like in the blink of an eye, yeah. at least with, with single cask whiskeys, it's, it's everything is, a snapshot of time and place never to be repeated again so i think it does make the experience of enjoying it a little bit more special i totally agree now tell me in your role i'm going to throw the question back at you what experience stands out or not in your role in your in your whiskey passion life what's that pinch me moment where you're like i can't effing believe i'm doing this this is pretty darn cool yeah there there have been a few yeah, uh, you know, la- la- <laughs> last year I, I was 
I was in Isla uh, last year and I had a moment and went with a couple of guys, organized a trip. We were at St. Ardbeg and we were, Colin Gordon, his distillery manager, was taking us through a, a tour. And we were just sitting in the warehouse, putting in some casks, which I, I, you know, I don't know if that's something they, they want me to say or not, but it happened. I remember sitting, I, w- I poured some whiskey. I don't remember what the whiskey was, to be frank. I don't remember the cast type. Maybe it was like 20 years old bourbon barrel, I, I want to say. I just remember sitting on the floor, the gravel floor in this warehouse with these big wooden doors that were open, allowing the sea breeze to come in. And just the lighting was perfect. The moment was perfect. Obviously, I was feeling it. I had quite a few drafts yeah. at that point. <laughs> but I'm like, wow, I've, I feel so connected with my environment, which was Isla and the whiskey in my glass. And it's like every the light bulb was just yeah burn out it, it, it was shining so bright and that was a that was a really special moment i mean going back in time there were some whisk especially in the early years where where i had be, the, my first time tasting whiskeys of 30 to 40 to 50 years old and just i remember holding my glass i think i had like a, a balvenny from 1961 or something i remember yeah. it was probably a half ounce pour and i just held on this thing for probably an hour sipped it so slowly and i was really really that felt so special to me at the time but since then it's it's been like the i think it's been more often than not moments created by enjoying the whiskey more so than just the whiskey itself if that makes it so like what i described with the art yeah. i just said i don't remember what it was i think it was like a 20 year old my bourbon barrel I, I sample you know pulled from the cast but it was really kind of where I was at that time and place, you know, that, that, uh, made the difference for me. I, know. I mean, we're truly fortunate. And I, you know, I joke sometimes, but I'm like, thank you, Instagram. Seriously. 90% I, of the shit that I get up to, there's no effing way that I would have access to, and, and friends and people like, you know, like if it wasn't for Instagram, there's just no way. Yeah. I like to, I like to, well, maybe I'm not vocal of my criticism of the experience. I mean, I think it's, I miss the early days of Instagram when everybody was just like posting reviews and kind of what we described earlier. That was so much fun. Now it's a, it's kind of a, it's, it's yeah. chaos right now. It's a lot of noise, but you know, I think it's, uh, it's still, well, you, got these, still you know, I, I call them, I'm throwing air quotes, the faux fluencers. And then you yeah. got guys that are buying, you know, like, I found this software that you put someone's name in and you see how many fucking followers they're buying. And you're like, dude, are you kidding me? Are you oh, even really? following this person? Yeah, really? it's terrible. I mean, it's just because you know what? It's like, I don't think any of us in the early years were doing it for money. You know, like you were on a journey. Nate was oh, doing man. photography. You were doing photography. I was using it as leverage to buy a collection for the kids college fund. Yeah, You know, like it wasn't like I could give a shit about Instagram, but Instagram did serve me well. If I showed up and said, hey, you know, I'm Rolex whiskey. They're like, you know, the the, the velvet rope was opened, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then people started yeah. to be like, well, nay, I want to I want to be in that group. And I'm like, we're not even a group. We're just a bunch of like passionate people that enjoy whiskey. And like we don't have business plans and proposals to charge you ten thousand dollars a month to like put your whiskey up on the thing. It's just not what we're doing. Yeah. I, I think there that, was a point I, I became conscious of like what you're describing and the, the group being invited to do at the end of the day, whiskey's a fun business to be in. And so 
when yeah. you're invited to do fun things and the expectation is that in return you share the fun things you do yeah. i mean i was like okay it's a matter of t- like we are definitely giving this impression that that there's a, a group thing but at the end of the day it's not I, i'm sure for you gavin it's a ton of work you know it's not oh my god so <laughs> well there's an expectation put- if you're gonna do that you know that you're gonna do that yeah, but I mean, just even everything. I mean, like I said, I, I've admitted I've pulled out. You know, my kid was born a few years yeah. ago, and I'm like, all right, I, I can't. I can only do things a hundred percent. So I, I maybe I can yeah. do them ten percent, but I can't do like fifty percent. So I, I kind of pulled out. I was like, I'll, I'll maintain a ten percent effort just to stay in touch and you know, be, have fun. But like, you're still going at it, and I, I get the hey. impression you put a ton of work into it. It's got to. Uh, well, gotta first of all, there's nothing time. like the, the the big joke is that people think there's a team. It's just fucking me. And like, how much content can I possibly produce? So like, don't give me shit when I post the same picture three months, you know, apart throwback Thursday. I, I, I can't possibly be doing something new every single day. I have a real job. But yeah, it's like, it's for me, it's like, first of all, it's a little therapeutic. It's become a routine for me. You know, like I get up in the morning, I have a cup of coffee, I do a post. If I get to another one, yeah, as I've had, you know, with the kids at night, there's always a little, I'll pour half an ounce of something, one or two. And while the kids are in the bath, I'll have a little sip. And right before I put them to bed, I'll have a little sip and like, I'm good. And because I have so many open bottles, like that's the only time that I'm drinking them. And then of course, like when I go to an experience, you know, then it's balls to the wall because honestly, like it's great content. Like yeah, people will be like, sure. dude, you you just you should be having fun. Like you paid a lot of money to be here. I'm like, dude, I'm shooting content. I'm getting yeah. my money's worth myself. <laughs> yeah, I, you're right. I mean, I, I think I look back to when a lot of those. I think when brands are probably more active in getting groups of Instagrammers. I think Instagram was. It's funny. I see this on the other side, Gavin, on the other side of the business now from the brand side for the last five years. You know the investment in instagrammers is not the same as it once was no but I, but i for sure but i remember you know back at the time you're right when we do these things the content that would come from the content the engagement and it's probably because i was i mean i still speak for myself i was having so much fun doing these things hanging out with yeah. people making friends and they can feel it yeah for sure for it's sure it's the authenticity of the post and then the post became inauthentic i mean you know a, a person in our circle the other day I, I noticed I didn't, you know, I, I don't look much on there as much as I used to just because it's it's just not an efficient use of my time to spend the whole day on Instagram. Right. And I, I noticed he was hiding his likes because Instagram has a thing. And I'm like, why are you hiding your likes now? Because this guy's still out there like pitching. And I'm like, dude, like, uh... if you're not getting any likes, like, stop. You know, like it doesn't like, like I've always been an open book, sometimes maybe to, you know, not the best time. But I'm like, dude, like I don't make money from doing this. I have a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. My investment has gone up tremendously in fun and I've still got eight more years on it. But like to me, I'll stop doing it when I stop having fun. But if it became a business, no, I don't want any part of that. Like that's too much. You know, the expert, I mean, brands will tell me the best part is you'll go for these fancy dinners and they'll be like, dude, you're the best name to write on the receipt because everyone else is charging us 3,500 bucks for the post. You're just oh, actually yeah. shooting the shit with us and having dinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like, yeah, it's uh, like, it works for all of us. <laughs> so all good. So you're, you're, um, you, Gavin, as, as a collector, so you're, 
you got this thing and you've been open with it. And you just you just mentioned it, but you're you're yeah. saving up for your kids or using it to your it's kids. It's a kids' college fund. College fund. So they go to so so let me let me understand how this works and and tell me if this scenario is <laughs> is realistic or not. So your whiskey pays for them to go to college. They go to college. Yes. They try Johnny Walker Red Label. Then they then they get out of college. Then they go to Costco and they get the big lens. And then soon enough, they're into whiskey and they buy their own collection until the point where they decide, okay, it's time to prepare my own kids' college fund. Is that the cycle? I see that. I see that playing out pretty well. I mean, I if that I would be humbled (laughs) and emotional if that cycle keeps repeating because it's just it's a cool different thing. You know, it's just different. You know, like I'll sit down with my Ameriprise financial advisor and he's like, hey, guys, you know, I got you like 6%. I'm like, dude, I got like 600% on my whiskey collection. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it's cool, bro. (laughs) You know, I just was like, (laughs) you know, it's different. It's different. But it's not the same as it used to be as far as the ability to buy stuff because the price isn't a deal anymore. And I think online sales change that, you know, before I can go into a liquor store band and be like, Hey, I'm Rolex whiskey. If you give me that bottle at cost, I'll post and your phone will start ringing. And I won't tell people what you, what you charged me. And they're like, Oh my Mm -hmm. God, best deal ever. We're not Mm -hmm. losing any money. And then they became their own online sales. And they're like, no, we don't need you, bro. We're cool. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, all right, well, that was fun. (laughs) Thank you. Well, it could happen. Let's change that. That, that scenario I, listen, okay yeah, you're, right, you know, you're, you're right you're right you're right as long as i'm happy and having a good time and having good experiences the party won't stop but when that moment stops like it's okay it's been a great time so in eight years time what's going to happen just rolls. oh my god i can't wait honestly there's so much whiskey in my house i can't wait to liquidate it i really can't <laughs> i really can't and i and i started talking to my 10 year old i'm like hey so i've like done this thing and i'm like should I buy you a condo that you can get rent for the rest of your life and you can take out a school loan maybe? Cause like there's going to be money and like you want money to make money. You don't want to just give money. Like I, you know, like I love appreciating assets. My wife's like, why do you buy that bottle for 400? I'm like, cause it's going to be worth 800. That's why. Yeah. What do you think the best way to liquidate was going to be? Well, maybe is today. I think auction, man. I can't wait to call up like a, like a, a Sotheby's or one of these big boys and be like, come over to the house, pick it all up, box it up nicely and send me a check. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have so much. I don't want to deal with all the other shit. I don't deal with the shipping and the breaking and all the laws. You guys are the professionals. You charge the buyer, the premium and good luck to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. B, I got to wrap up because we went way over 30 minutes because you and me are incredibly passionate. Do you want to plug anything before we, we, (laughs) Oh. Any, any, I mean, I, you've, you've done a pretty good job, but like, feel free, man. Like I, people, I seriously, like you should definitely look at Scotch malt whiskey society and join no joke. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And especially in this day and age where like whiskey is just different out on the shelf, you know, because there's so much noise, they create this curated library. Like Ben was saying earlier, of 20 new releases a month and they have tons of whiskey on there. It's like your own bottle shop of independence. Yeah, I'd, I'd leave it there and just say, you know, the way I always look at it is I think that Ferdinand, Ferdinand Porsche, the founder of Porsche, once said that uh, to make something that everybody likes is to make something that no one will truly love. And I think my experience with the whiskey from the society has been that it's just about finding the one that just 
is right for your palate that you can really fall in love with and that feeling is really really special and it's it and it's addictive <laughs> too but uh oh. yeah yeah check out the society but give me a follow or, or just reach out to me at single malt alliance if you like to stay in touch i'm not as active but i i do try to respond to everybody at some point well i appreciate you taking the time yeah. today my friend always good chatting and catching up it's been way too long um we definitely need to plan something i'm going to talk to you yeah. about that in a second folks for thanks sure. for listening again i really appreciate you coming on this journey this journey of whiskey passion with me on this rolex whiskey podcast and until the next episode i appreciate all of you so much for listening thanks everybody Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.